Hey everyone, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, where we're going to talk about topics that will motivate and inspire and help you tap into your purpose and improve your performance in life and in business. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, and I'm pleased to have a special guest with me today. His name is Brian Pulowski. Brian is um, a growing friend of mine. He's a a past client of mine as well, and he actually is a fellow uh, West Sider of South Bend. I grew up on the West Side, and uh, he went to LaSalle High School back when LaSalle was open as a high school, and uh, I was a Washington High School grad, and so we both played baseball as men of ready. <laughs> and so uh, we uh, know all about um, the discipline when it comes to baseball, but also um, living um, in as a, a member and hopefully a, a good citizen of the South Bend uh, area. And um, I was intrigued by Brian. I wanted to have him on the show uh, because I know that Brian is a well, uh, just a well-oiled machine when it comes to his discipline. He is... Uh, uh, United States Marine Corps uh, leader. He was he en- enlisted in 2007. Was in the Marines through 2016. I actually grew up. My dad was uh, uh, in the Marines as well. I was born at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, when my dad was stationed there. And um, and so I myself was not in the military, but I um, have a high regard and honor those who who serve. So I appreciate your service and uh, appreciate you. your example. Being raised by one, being raised by a Marine is almost akin to, right. <laughs> depending on how strict he was with you. So. Right. Well, he was pretty strict. <laughs> he might say otherwise, but I yep. think he was pretty strict. Yep. And so um, I know Brian's been around the block when it comes to community uh, involvement. Uh, he served um, as the um, deputy chief, chief of staff for Pete Buttigieg. He was actually uh, helped uh, get uh, Todd, Todd Young um, elected. And, and so he's worked on both sides of the aisle, obviously. And so he knows um, um, who leaders are, what a leader looks like. And uh, he can, I'm sure, give us a lot of tips on that. And so I just wanted to dive right into my first question. I'd like to ask this question to a lot of the people on the, the show. And that is, you know, what do you, Brian, want to be known for? And then we'll jump into the rest of the questions. Well, first, this is an awesome setup. Thank you. And thank you for, <laughs> and thank you for having me. This is really cool. Um, I sorry that you had to go to Washington High School, but we all have <laughs> challenges that we overcome in life. Right. Um, I think I'll, I'll take the personal view of what do you want to be known for because I'm at that stage in my life, mid-30s, young family, and I'm kind of relearning some old lessons that I thought uh, maybe weren't relevant anymore. But I, I think more than anything, I, I want to be um, thought of as someone who was um, possessed of a self-discipline that made me dependable and reliable to, uh, first and foremost, my family. Um, but then the community around me. Um, We live in a time when a lot of that sense of community, a lot of that sense of family has really disintegrated. And I've kind of rededicated myself to, through a path of self-discipline, being dependable for my family, for my community, in a way that, you know, maybe I wasn't uh, my my whole life, uh, but that I would like to be for the rest of it. You're more fully engaged, and I can see that. And I, when I first met you, I knew for a fact that um, you're you're a person that I myself want to be around. I think that you just exude that uh, that level. And, and I know we're not all perfect. And you'd probably say, "Man, I'm not perfect. I've got things I'm working on." We always are, but um, you are the person that um, I think you're a great example for probably a lot of people around you. And so um, you read a lot of books, and I know we were talking. You were looking at my bookshelf in my office, and you actually gave me a couple books. I still need to jump into those and read them. But um, we were talking about some of your favorite books, and maybe one that really sticks out, stands out for you, that's going to help 
uh, maybe the those that are listening with regard to self uh, motivation discipline. So, uh, what's the the one book that you think would be good for people to to know about? From a leadership perspective, I've kind of been a devotee of uh, a book by General Stanley McChrystal called Team of Teams. Um, General McChrystal actually had the command uh, in Iraq during the uh, during the Iraq War. Um, that I served in of uh, tracking down Musab al sarqawi mm-hmm. which was no easy task. Um, and he found that he had to change his organizational structure to actually target and eventually kill this terrorist mastermind. So um, the book has lessons from uh, from that perspective. He was also uh, the commander uh, in Afghanistan of that large force. Um, and so he's just got an incredible amount of experience in, let's put it mildly, really bad places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and had just done it all his life. I had the opportunity to, to meet him and study with him oh, wow. um, the book actually in Virginia for a time as a part of a, a program I was involved with related to national service. But the, the core message of Team of Teams um, is that you have to have basically you know three kind of pillars. Okay. And he calls them shared consciousness, uh, empowered execution, and then underlaying all that um, are trust and adaptability. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to have a baseline of trust uh, among the people on your team. And that leads to a sense of what he calls shared consciousness. And all shared mm-hmm. consciousness is, is we're, on, we're all in for the same purpose. Right. We understand the parameters, we understand the context, we understand the left and right lateral limits, so to speak, of what we're looking at. We understand mm-hmm. the end goal. So we all understand that. Once you have that in place, mm-hmm. you have empowered execution. And that's just a fancy way of saying when everyone's on the same page, people can make decisions of their own accord, of their own volition, in real time with their own momentum. And they're mm-hmm. going to be the right decisions more or less because you've not siloed off information from them. You've not kept them in the dark with respect to anything. You've said to them, here's our situation, here's our goal. We need mm-hmm. to move from A to B. Make the decisions you find mm-hmm. the right decisions and let's go towards that. And the final thing that he says with respect to managing all that is he, uh, he's got a nice paragraph in the book where he says, and one day he just realized he was a gardener. Yeah. Uh, and it was about cultivation, pruning, sharing, keeping the weeds out, right? Right. Um, not about some heavy-handed, you know, high-throated, yelling, screaming, angry, yeah. front-of-the-hill charging the masses right. type thing. It was more cultivation, yeah. a, a very measured... Um, self-disciplined cultivation that allowed him to give his team that sense of shared consciousness, empower them to execute the mission, and then tend to that entire process from start to finish, making minimal adjustments here and there to keep everyone on track. And that's what he found worked. Man, that is so, It's it seems so simple, but it's, 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 not. it's not, it's difficult. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, but I do think that foundation, what I really take from that is if you have a foundation of clarity, and when you said like shared purpose or the same purpose, trust, uh, uh, it's easy for you to have an expectation for what they should be doing. And I think a lot of times, whether it be uh, in a family, uh, whether it be in your business or a government, um, uh, you know, a cabinet, if you don't have clarity on that purpose, then there's way more frustration. Have you been a part of that before? We're just like, man, I just, I need to, we need to stop. We need to get. Yep. Get, get this down. We got to get the foundation built again. Yep. You've been through that? Been, been through it and it's painful. Um, I'll actually give you two quick examples. One involves you and one involves me. So I, my experience with your business, for example, has led me to believe that if you're off 
you know, golfing one day or you're off with the family on vacation or something like that, your office isn't going to miss a beat. Right. Because there's a culture here mm-hmm. that you've set a baseline for Thank you. that your employees buy into. They know, right? They can anticipate, right? WW.JD, right? What would Jonathan do? Yeah. They're going to anticipate <laughs> what you can do or what you would do in a situation. They're going to, and that'll probably largely mesh with what you would do. Right. Um, I, when I was leading the economic development department at City South Bend, had to, um, I was still in the reserves from Marine Corps, and I had to go do my kind of annual service. Yeah. And that turned into a month in Jordan helping the Jordanians um, in the fight against ISIS, which was a great time and a great mission. But I was going to be gone for a month. Yeah. And I was leading this department, and, you know, millions of dollars in activity, mm-hmm. daily basis, into the neighborhoods, we would do activities, yeah. uh, new, new things coming to the city. Um, I had absolutely zero qualms about leaving because we had weekly, if not bi-weekly meetings. Mm-hmm. I had a team about 25 in that situation. They didn't need me there yeah. <laughs> by that point. You know, They didn't need me to just be in their way because that's what it would have been. Right. Um, when I was there, I really took that cultivation mindset to heart and that's mm-hmm. what I tried to do. I tried to kind of set in goals and there were things I worked on personally um, just like you do, yeah. Um, just like any of us do in our lives. But there were more things that I said, this is your show, go mm-hmm. run it. If you need help, let me know. Right. Um, because they were already on the path of that shared purpose that we had. Right. And so it didn't matter. So I left and and came back, and they were like, "Oh, we hi, we didn't even know you were." Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that, that's what you want to hear. Right? right. Exactly. Right. You know, I was uh, listening to a, a John Ma- Maxwell podcast actually just this morning, as a matter of fact, and uh, they were asking him. They were saying that you know, John, you've been around the block, man. You've written you know eighty some books or whatever right. it is he's written. He, you you speak all the time and you know, in the public eye. You go on the you know these news stations or whatever it is. You're always being interviewed. How is it that you can continue to keep your um, momentum? How can you continue to keep a positive attitude? How can you get out of that mentality? Of, you know, been there, done that, and then you almost just grow stale. And um, I know that the weekly, bi-weekly meetings is very important for you to continue to remind people of their purpose, remind people of that shared vision that you have. Um, what's maybe one or two things that you could help people with if, let's say, they just feel like they're in a rut? Man, they, I feel like I've just been through this. I just, I'm not feeling the, the, the energy that I used to with my job, with maybe even in my relationship with my spouse or as a father or as a, as a, um, as a mother. Um, and then that's kind of a, a broad question. And I know we didn't really talk about this off the air, but what would you say your uh, maybe tips would be for somebody that's just struggling with get going through the motions right now? So th- this is actually um, a really good opportunity to, to, to share. It's a podcast. It's also a book. Mm-hmm. Leadership, arguably, I, mm-hmm. I think is where it comes. It's, it's kind of an international phenomenon of late, but I got into him a little earlier. But Jordan Peterson, um, mm-hmm wrote a book called 12 Rules for Life, and uh, he's a just a phenomenal speaker, um, just engages on the most challenging topics you can possibly imagine and somehow comes out uh, the other side of him making some sense. Yeah. But he, um, he has, uh, in these 12 rules, he's got a little nugget of wisdom that I've seen in other places, and you can see it back through history, whether it's individual leaders in our past or in other leadership books like John Maxwell. Mm-hmm. He's got a book called Today Matters, for example. Yeah. And that's a lot of about, you know, like what are some small things you could do today that'll have an impact on tomorrow, et cetera. I think when folks get in a rut, and I've been in them, yeah, the thing that overwhelms you is the sense of magnitude that exists about all the things you need to change. 
Right. You just feel like X, Y, Z is wrong. That list keeps getting longer. Yeah. And you just feel overwhelmed. And yep. that just beats you back down on the couch, been right? There. You're not, yep. yep, been there a, a, a lot of times. What I've found unfailingly works, and it's actually, ironically enough, a survival technique that you learn in the Marines or any of the military yeah. branches, but it's bite sized chunks mm-hmm. for survival, right? Yep. So, what is one, the way Peterson puts it is, what is one thing you could change today that you would change and could change that would make your tomorrow better, right? What is one thing, small thing you mm-hmm. could do today? Do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do it the day after. That one small thing. Maybe you sleep in and you feel like if you got an earlier start in the day, mm-hmm. that would help you out. Yeah. What is one small thing? You can get up at 5.30 in the morning tomorrow. Right. You can do it the next day. Right. You can do it the next day. That one decision is going to have ripple effects across the rest of your day. And it may seem tiny as we're just talking about it. Yeah. But that's going to have ripple effects across your day. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be like, well, you're in bed earlier. Then you're right. going to eat better. Then you're going to exercise more, right? Yeah. All these things oh, yeah. on down the line. So what is one small thing you can do that you that you would do? That's the important mm-hmm. thing though, right? You can, yes. do, you can do a lot of things, but what would you do? Yeah. And start that because once you make that one small decision, the ripple effects are going to multiply. And I think you keep doing that. That is the only way I've ever been able to get back on track when I've been off the, mm-hmm. off the wagon, so to speak. And it, um, it never fails. It's not always simple. Mm-hmm. But it works. I think that's really good. That's a, a book that I was harping on at the beginning of this year, and I actually did with our team, and that is the uh, the book The Compound Effect by Darren yep. Hardy. So sure. it's very similar. And then there was another one. I haven't read it, but I heard that it was a very good, just solid book. On It's called Chop Wood, Carry Water. <laughs> just chop wood, carry water. Just keep doing yep. those things on a, in a consistent way. Um, what John Maxwell had mentioned, too, is that um, he's been there, and he said that the one thing that helped him was um, – realizing that uh, he needs to continue to maintain gratefulness for the opportunities and somehow getting his mental, uh, I guess, a re-centered thoughts uh, on what am I grateful for? Because if you're not grateful, he said that you can become careless. And when you're careless, then yeah. you, you don't really take things serious. You're just sort of like, eh, my, the quality of my work goes down. Mm-hmm. But uh, keeping a mentality of being grateful while you're going through that. I, and I love the bite-sized chunks thing because that's, uh, do you measure uh, some of your things? Like what, what are some um, kind of habits or disciplines that you have uh, that you just feel like maybe you measure it or it's just, it, it's helped you with your days, your, your routines, you know, what's, what, share that with us. So I, one thing I do just to steal from my previous example, is I, I made the decision to start getting up early um, yeah. and, and that had ripple effects across the board. So that's just one thing. The, mm-hmm. the gratitude thing that you mentioned though is really interesting because um, I mentioned to you, I, I'm a conservative by nature, and I think my definition of conservatism really begins with it's about gratitude mm-hmm. for the things that we have, for the things that work, for the things that function in our society, yeah. um, and a and a real strong, you know, predilection to preserve them, yeah. um, and keep them going. Mm-hmm. And so, I tend to be grateful. I try to be grateful every day for very certain, yeah. for very specific things, whether they're small, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. when my kid beats me, uh, you know, in some game we're playing or some such yeah. thing. Or, yeah, that's um, awesome. But, but in terms of uh, measurement, um, there are things that are pretty simple. You don't have to always write it down in a book. Right. But you know, like I said, I I tend to get up early. Um, I I do have a small notebook that I'll tend to write down milestones. So. Yep. Um, those bite-sized chunks will add up over time, right? And so um, if you can cast a vision early on and say that the end goal is X, whatever it may be, it may be a physical thing, maybe you're mm-hmm. running, maybe you're dieting, maybe you're looking for a promotion at work, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But if you have a, if you cast a vision for a major goal at the end and start to measure those bite-sized chunks, you can do it in increments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I found really helpful. Every day seems to me to get a little monotonous. I know some folks need mm-hmm. that. 
but every day to me is a little monotonous, but kind of milestones along the path toward that ultimate thing at the end of the path yeah. is what I... I like that and measuring yeah. that milestone and, yeah. uh, you know, having that touch point of kind of where you were and, yeah. and uh, you know, what you've grown from. Um, going back to your USMC days, um, which hasn't been that long ago, I know that you finished in the reserves, but uh, can you share maybe your top one or two? I know we've already kind of touched on some of the, the lessons you've learned, but um, if you could think of like one or two lessons, let's say you've got a... Um, a college graduate about to enter into the workforce or you've got a high school student that just graduated about to enter into college or maybe go into a, a trade or something like that. Uh, what would you say your top uh, maybe one or two tips that you've either learned from the Marine Corps or just in, in life in general that you can help them with or even somebody that might be changing careers uh, right now? What, what would you say that would be? There's a semi that follows the Marine Corps recruiting command around mm-hmm. and it's got some fancy pictures, swords and Dragons breathing fire, yeah. a bunch of very cool <laughs> stuff, right? But um, the message on the side of it uh, says "earned, never given," mm. and uh, that was beat into us every day. I went to officer candidate school, and I, from day one all the way through, nothing was ever a given. There was no entitlement. There was no um, sense that this was all just going to work out okay. It was. One foot in front of the other, chop wood, carry water, yeah. bite-sized chunks each and every day. Um, and translating that to kind of a more everyday workforce type view, I think what that means is you are going to have to earn it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of folks that I went to school with, some in the younger generation, um, you know, there's a mentality that if you hit certain wickets, you know, certain things are going to happen after that. And mm-hmm. that's just not the case. Nothing right. is inevitable. Nothing is given. It is always earned. Um, and you know, when you have that mentality, I think that sets you up for a bit of a fight every day. It's mm-hmm. a good fight, not a bad one. It's a good fight. And it sets you up to kind of go into your day fighting to keep what you have to gain more, um, to learn more, to be more, uh, to be given more responsibility at work, for example. Um, and I think that's a really healthy mentality to have. That um, it was beat into me, like I said, in the Marine Corps and I, I still take that mentality every day, no matter what I'm doing. That is powerful. So if anyone's listening and you are just uh, graduating high school or college and you feel like, man, it's, you know, I, I'm entitled now to a new job or I'm entitled to a position. Um, I, I agree. I think that's a good reminder that, you know, keep working, keep putting one foot in front, in front of the other. You're not entitled. Um, it's nothing's guaranteed. Uh, keep working for it and um, and having that right mentality. I think that's really good. So speaking of graduation, we'll be wrapping this up here in just a moment. But speaking of graduation, my son, uh, uh, you know, every year they um, have like a little graduation ceremony every grade. You know, I don't remember having that when I was. I experienced this. This is this is very odd to me. Yes. So I've got one. I got one today at noon. I'm going to the school, and I and I'm proud of my children. Don't get me wrong, but um, do you, what what grade is uh, it? he is going to be uh, going into the third grade next year? This is okay. second grade yeah. graduation. Mm-hmm. And then my other son's got his this week too, and he's uh, going to be going into the fifth grade. And uh, and so, what, what's your take on on the uh, sort of the our society with? Uh, and once again, I, I'm proud of my children. I think it's very good accomplishments. They get awards and things and recognition. But um, what's your thoughts on like the everyone gets a trophy kind of mentality that you sometimes we struggle with? Maybe do you think there is that mentality in our society? It's now a or? it's a disastrous yeah. mentality to have. Yeah. Um. I I that may be a bit more blunt than I intended. No, it's, it, it's, all good. It's, it's disastrous. I, I mean, I think you can see it, the mm-hmm. effects of it, um, you know, in certain areas of the world now where we, or of our country where we say we have crises, right? Whether it's opioids, whether it's this, 
uh, that or the other thing. There's a situation in which that sense of entitlement is really built up by that. Mm-hmm. Right? You showed up, right. and therefore you right. get something. It, it, think about it. If you're going to teach that to a first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade kid, mm-hmm. and then turn that switch off mm-hmm. once they're out of twelfth grade and say you're on your own, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you know, earn never given. I, I just I can't. Um, I mean, we all indulge our kids, right? Yeah. It's natural. We were mm-hmm. indulged. We indulge our kids, right? But there's a line that you have to hit, yeah. And recognition for participation. Certainly right. a good idea. You know, you just want to say, "Hey, thanks for coming out. Great job." <laughs> don't, but don't be sending home medals with soccer balls on them. And <laughs> just leave that. Just save the money. Right. You know, put it back in the. Per- this is not. You know, yeah. um, I, so yeah, I, so, I, I, I'm not a supporter. <laughs> so, then, and, and I, I, I assume that that might be the the response, and because I think we're on the same wavelength there. But uh, uh, I guess let's finish with this then, as a uh, father, uh, as a parent. Uh, maybe what's one final. Uh, tip that you would have in uh, raising a successful child right now? You're going to get me in trouble with my wife. (laughs) Um, I I mean, this is going to sound maybe a little weird, but I've come into that point where I'm really forcing myself to realize how grateful I need to be for my children. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to the gratitude idea. um, I find that when I'm grateful for the fact that I have a child that's healthy and thriving and, and, uh, and you know, really tackling life. Mm-hmm. It prepares me for the not so great moments when, you know, they don't listen or uh, they're stubborn uh, as children are, <laughs> want, oh, yeah. want to be, um, you know, and, and it gives me pause because I think we can get so caught up in the movement of life that the, the pace of movement of life now, such as it is, is very quick. And, um, if things just don't go 100% our way or aren't moving at the speed which we expect or want them to, sometimes I think you know, that can really have a bad effect on the way we parent because we're just expecting our children to be mm-hmm. right there with us, next to us, have kept up the whole time. And look, they're exploring the world. That's right. They're not supposed to be on our time, right? Yeah. Um, and so I've tried to combat the kind of here and now mm-hmm. mentality of our, of our current moment with a bit more gratitude, which has led me to have a bit more patience. Um, and I think that is good for parents. It's good for the kids. Um, certainly has helped, I think, in, in my house. So mm-hmm. hopefully it can help in someone else's. That, that is good. That's a good reminder because uh, it's easy for us to be impatient with uh, maybe development in certain areas. And uh, I'm the same way. You know, you sometimes have these expectations that, you know, you want them to get it even though you didn't get it either when you were their right. age. And so I, I, I think that's good, being grateful and um, having patience. I think that's a, it's a good uh, capstone to, I think, the conversation. And so, uh, Brian, man, I appreciate you taking the time. And we could talk for a long time, and I know we will. Um, and so I hope to have you back on. But, uh, folks, if you have uh, not subscribed to the podcast, uh, please do so. Please rate and please share this as well. And, Brian, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time. And until next time, uh, folks, Purpose and Performance Podcast with Jonathan McKinnis. And we will be talking to you guys later. Thanks again, Brian. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. No problem. We'll see you.